Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Vignesh. Today, I'm here with Rhonda Head, the classical musician, award-winning uh, author. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fine. Thanks for uh, reaching out to interview me. Thank you for coming on. This is wonderful. I've been aware of your music for over a year now, or almost a year now, since your um, album release in February of last year when I played a couple, or I played a song on the monthly music wrap-up, and ever since then, I've been kind of like stalking you on social media. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I wanted to start with really quickly is how you got involved in music. Um, growing up, how were you introduced to it? And, and when did your um, speaking Cree or singing in Cree kind of start to happen? Okay, well, I started playing piano when I was about seven years old. And uh, I, I heard my sister play piano because uh, my parents enrolled her in, in uh, and piano, so so she started playing music and started doing her scales, and and uh, I'd I'd be watching her, and I'm like, wow, I want to learn that. I just I was really attracted to the sound of the piano, and and I really liked it. So I asked my parents if I could enroll in music too, and and they were open to me taking piano lessons. So I enrolled, and and I really excelled in it, and and uh, I had a really fantastic music teacher who who was um, very strict but she she pushed her students to a to a real high level and I was one of the students that got to a high level but then she decided to move to be to uh, British Columbia so after she left I, I couldn't find a teacher with that same caliber of teaching and and I I, I lost interest in um, I didn't lose interest in music, but I lost interest in, in the teacher who was teaching her her style of teaching, which I didn't like. So I I, I ended up eventually um, stopping lessons, and but I but I went up to grade five piano, and and uh, you know I'd, I'd be studying every day. My fr my friends would be outside playing, but I was so so. Um, disciplined and and because I just loved the music and and I didn't my parents didn't have to tell me to to practice I just did it and I did it for half an hour or more every day and learning just learning uh, the um, the music pieces and and studying the theory so uh, I stopped um <coughs> excuse me I stopped stopped playing piano probably about 14 years old and then I got into when I when I got into high school, they offered um, band classes. So I went to I enrolled and uh, I decided to go into the woodwind section and and I took clarinet and and I excelled in that too. I got A plus in my in my courses and I didn't even study. Like I just it just was very no I never practiced or nothing and it just was really like natural. And then and. Um, then I moved to Winnipeg, and and the uh, the school that I, that I moved to the, that I attended in Winnipeg, they didn't have band class, so I I kind of missed out on on um, uh, music, going to school high school here in Winnipeg, and then when I when I was gr when I graduated grade twelve from the University of Winnipeg Collegiate, I, I s went to school in um, Toronto, and I I took I, I enrolled in fashion school and. Excuse me, and um, that was a childhood dream of mine to go to fashion school because I'd always read magazines and and uh, and um, well, fashion and I I, I love clothes and and uh, jewelry and whatever. So I I enrolled in fashion school. I got accepted, and I moved to Toronto. And I didn't know a soul when I went there. So what? While I was going to school there, I thought, well, I don't know anyone here, so I'm going to go into voice either voice acting or dancing so i i kind of thought about it for a while uh voice vocal voice yeah so um because i had a musical background i i i went towards uh, uh vocal lessons so i made a i i um looked in the phone book but at that time there's phone books <laughs> And there was like an inch thick of music teachers in Toronto because it's such a huge, huge city. And uh, I went into I went to the middle of that inch and I put my finger on. I closed my eyes and I put my finger in wherever it landed, 
and that's who I called for my lessons. And he happened to live in the neighborhood where 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 I was living at the time. And I made arrangements for for lessons, and and um, the time came for my lesson, and and. Um, when I knocked on the door, this beautiful man opened the door. He looked like Warren Beatty. <laughs> and and uh, he welcomed me in, and, and he was very encouraging. He, he didn't judge me because I was First Nation. He, he just, uh, uh, you know, when he, when he started talking to me about the anatomy of the body, uh, he told me, as long as you have a nose, you can sing. So that right there and then he like I, I felt really comfortable with him and, and he accepted me who I was and, and um, didn't discourage me from singing and but, but he encouraged that that alone just encouraged me by by saying that. So I I um, continued lessons with him and and he happened to be an opera teacher. He used to sing with um, Toronto Opera Company. So. Uh, that's when I got introduced to the to opera arias and and uh, classical uh, Italian repertoire, and then I was learning a new language and uh, learning how uh, the different techniques, like scales and and um, uh, yeah, I just and of course I I practiced hard because I wanted to impress him, right? Because he was a very handsome man. <laughs> so. He seen something in me that I didn't see, he, and, and uh, he asked me to audition for the the Toronto Opera, and, and I thought that was so absurd for me because I, w I was, uh, you know, I was an intergenerational residential school survivor, and my confidence wasn't wasn't high at the time, and I didn't think that I was good enough to s to audition for the Toronto Opera. So I, I kind of have a, a regret not doing it, but but at that time my my confidence was low. So, um, but it's not anymore. <laughs> and uh, uh, you were s uh, you asked me about singing in Cree, and and you know I I, I uh, was learning all these different languages in French and Italian and Latin and Spanish. And, and Portuguese as well, and and uh, and studying these songs, and so I st I decided to see how the Cree language would work because I thought, why am I learning all these different languages? I should be learning my own language, which is the Cree language. So I started experimenting about uh, uh, with music, how how um, the Cree would sound in in the classical, and and I found that it just fits naturally like an Italian song or a French song. So I, I, uh, I say to people that Cree is also uh, a language of love. Um, and when you first started taking lessons with this teacher, did you think, I want to find a classical musician teacher, or is just I'm willing to learn any kind of music, and it just so happened that he was an opera singer? I just, um, when I started to take voice lessons, I was so open to whatever, um, and I was thinking outside the box, and, and then when I went to see my, uh, my voice teacher, he hap like I said, he happened to be an, an, an opera classical teacher, and, and, and when he was telling me this, I was just, like, um, my mind was open to, to try whatever. Like I've never like that was my first time even considering becoming a, a vocalist or singing or singing because I was always playing an instrument. So now my body was an instrument, and and um, I was open to to anything. Like this is my first time for, uh, singing, and and uh, it happened to be classical. And because that happened, uh, like everything happened and fell into place so easily, I, I always tell people too that um, classical music found me. That's awesome. Um, I, for I forgot what I wanted to say about that. Um, oh yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> With this classical knowledge and experience, how did you go from just wanting to learn how to sing and learning this opera to performing and writing your own music and, and being on stage and, and becoming a performer? 
Well, it all started out like I, I was taking voice lessons for a number of years, and I was I didn't perform in public for I don't know, maybe ten years or so. And uh, my first performance was at the uh, OCN Blizzard game. I sang out Canada and Cree, and and um, I was shaking in my boots. I was scared to death, and and uh, <laughs> I but I did it anyways. And and uh, the the audience was really receptive, and and uh, the sound of the applause was addicting, and and that's where it all started out. And then I started promoting myself, and I was getting gigs, little gigs here and there, and. People would approach me to see if I had a CD, and uh, but I didn't have any recording at the time. So um, I c um, a couple of years later, I came across some some money, and uh, I decided to record my my first CD, which is called Kayas, which means a long time ago, and I named it that because a lot of the the songs that I recorded was written a long time ago, like uh, Mozart and and um, uh, Amazing Grace and Cree and and, and uh, Panis Angelicus by Caesar Frank like th those were written almost a hundred years ago and and uh, so I found my I researched on the internet and I found my uh, producer in Toronto and I went there and and uh, made arrangements to to record so we recorded my first CD in four days and after each. Um, recording time I just went home and slept because it took so much energy out of me <laughs> but it opened up a lot of doors for me um, my first album because and and you know my my original plan was to record my music and pay for it and get my money back mm -hmm. that was my plan like I didn't realize all the doors that were gonna open and open for me and and uh, the awards that I won and and it was just like really um, it was humbling, like, and and I felt like, like um, I'm like, wow, people like my music. <laughs> so it was, uh, so that was my experience with um, uh, w getting into voice. Yep. And when did you know that you were ready to record? Like you, you did a bunch of gigs and people were asking, but when did you feel that you were ready to record your music and actually have a physical product? When I came across the mon mon the money to to fund the the project, that's when I uh, wrote down the songs that I wanted to record, and uh, I found a piano player in um, Toronto. I got the the musical repertoire ready for her to to uh, to play, and I just did it. Yeah, just started. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this. Exactly. <laughs> that terrifies me. That that just like going out and just. Fighting the bullet, that uh, it's something that I, I'm envious of. I wish I had that confidence. Um, so this first album, was it primarily um, other composition? It wasn't your, any of your own? It was all um, It was all other composition. None of, that, none of it was my own. Like, I never thought, at that time, I didn't think I, I, I've never written a song and I never composed a song. Because, you know, studying all these amazing composers and, and uh, like Mozart and, and Caesar Frank and, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? But so, like, really awesome <laughs> composers. And and because, and, um, and you, so you know, you're reading the notes and, and uh, you see how much work and thought goes into a, a, a melody and, and, and the lyrics, too. Like, it was so overwhelming for me, like, to think that I could even write a piece, but um, I, that was my first CD. I, even my second CD, Nikamun, uh, was all Cree hymns that were already already translated and, and written. The music was already written. Um, it was my third CD that I actually wrote music and and um, composed music. But but with that, when I went to the band center. In Alberta, where I ha had total, um, you know, silence and my own hut, and and I went there. When when I went there, I didn't talk to anyone. I just went there so focused on 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 writing my third CD, and and um, I didn't want nobody's energy interrupting my energy, and I didn't want my energy to be 
wasted or not wasted but taken away and so I just kept to myself kept my own energy and and uh, that's what came out of it that my third CD yeah so just for the first two um, how did you pick those songs and why were those particular songs so important that you felt to include them the the first CD that the songs that I chose were, were songs that I that I love I love performing them I love singing them and and it just felt really I, I felt like because I love them that I could I felt like I could sing them the the best, so that's why I chose those songs and and uh, for my first album, my second album I went and did research when when um, people in my community passed away, they w- they would have wakes and uh, in the church and and people would come to the to and gather, and uh, to support the family and and they would sing Cree hymns all night, all evening. So I, um, I don't know how many wakes I attended to do my research, but how I did it was um, I'd be sitting there in a wake and, and um, listening to the, the people sing. And, and um, when, a, when a certain hymn came on, uh, when a certain hymn was, sang, was sung, the, the people would just sing it really loud and, and with lots of passion and... and uh, you could just feel that spirit in the room, mm-hmm. and that's how I chose all of my songs that are on that album. And then, so the third album was your first album where you were writing your own compositions, um, or and I guess lyrics. How did you, how did you get over that initial like, almost fear of writing lyrics and and writing completed songs? Um, how I got over it was just writing a story like I, I'm also a writer so I just started writing stories about about topics and and uh, my own experiences that's how I uh, that's where the, st- the the lyrics came from and the melodies I, I took a whole bunch of pictures from my home reserve of a Pasquia Cree Nation and that's where I, I uh, did my composition of and melodies of, of my music I would um, graph them out on, on a scale, and then the melodies would come from there. That's ha- had you learned of other composers doing that, or was that just something that was really important to you that you wanted to do for yourself? Raven from Digging Roots shared, shared that if you ever have a problem um, composing music, he goes, look, look to the land. So that's what I did, and and, and uh, but I put in my own spin on it by by um, putting the uh, like graphing it out on a, on a scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who would you say when you were composing your your original music were your main inspirations when you were like maybe maybe not the harmon- harmonies but the stories? Who 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 was inspiring you when you were writing these? My life stories were my experiences. Wha- um, that's where I got my my um, th- my lyrics from, and and the land was inspiring me. That was for that's where the melodies came from. And these personal stories. Why did why did you feel comfortable, or how did you feel comfortable to to share them with with strangers? My story, like I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Right. That's all I could say. Is this right? Write your stories. Uh, the, that's where um, you know a, a lot of great writers. They're writing stories about their own experiences, and it comes out on paper. And you know, you just share your your. Um, you just gotta do it. That's all I could say. Is just do it. I yeah, the only reason why I ask, and I ask yeah. almost every artist is because it's it's hard to be so vulnerable especially if they're they're challenging stories or things that are really really personal like how, how do you, did you ever have that kind of hesitation to not want to share some, a vulnerable personal story well the story the song that i wrote called 500 years it i wrote it in one session i walked into my hut and uh, i felt something go through me and then uh, i i uh, absorbed the the um, energy of the room and then I lied down on the floor and I looked up at the uh, the ceiling and the, the like there was a window on, on the ceiling and I looked up and then and then all these feelings of um, anger and sadness and and um, like vulnerability 
um, I just woke up. I, I, I got up from the floor and, and I just started writing. And I, uh, like, that's when we had the Harper government at the time. And, you know, Harper didn't like First Nation people and it made me angry. He, he made, his government made me angry. And uh, the words just flowed. And, uh, and um, you know, it, uh, my song is about missing and murdered indigenous women, about the residential school experience, my mom's hair getting cut. She used to have long hair and they, they cut her hair. She was punished for speaking her language, uh, the Cree language. Um, uh, yeah, so I just talked, to, I wrote a lot about our history. It, it's this, the 500 years is about the story of, uh, of all indigenous people, not only, like I sang the song in Australia and they, the indigenous people there related to what I was singing. So it, it for me, um, sharing that, uh, writing it and sharing it is very important because people need to hear our stories because our, uh, our, our um, residential school was a really dark history in Canada that nobody knew about. It was, it was kept quiet. And you know, people need to know our story. And 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 uh, you know, when I wrote, when I was writing it, I was crying, and and it took so much energy out of me. And but I, I it has to be told. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you recently remastered or remixed that um that 500 years. Wha- and we're gonna listen to that in just a second. So that's a perfect segue. But why did you decide to do a, uh, a remix of it? I decided to do a remix of it because it it's it. I found that it wasn't getting played on radio enough, and I, I made it into like three minutes and thirty seconds, so it'll be played on radio. That's why. It was longer before. Yeah, it was four minutes. Yeah. So you wanted to make it a little bit more catchy, a little bit more uh, appealing to radio listeners. Yeah, because I want our story to be heard. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I will let our listeners hear that. Uh, I'll let it. I'll allow it. <laughs> Let them listen to 500 Years. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm here with Rhonda Head. Uh, We're going to talk some more about her music and her uh, recently released, well, I guess not recently, um, in the last year released album, Kishagitin. Kishagitin? Okay, we'll practice that on the break. (laughs) I also want to talk about your music video that you're working on for that that re um that remastered song. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Five hundred years ago across the sea they came invaded our land and took away our home. Mother shed a story they cut her hair and braid Punished for speaking Cree Why were they so mean? How do I get over it? Five hundred years of pain Past hurts are very haunting Internalize the pain The stories make me cry Our people suffered so Stolen and abused Genocide was here Where have they all gone? Our sisters, moms and friends Twelve hundred souls of beauty Each one of them all loved How do I get over it? Five hundred years of pain Yeah. 
Listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Benyage. I'm still here with Rhonda Head, um, the multi award winning pre classical musician. Um, we've been uh, t- talking about um, her beginnings and in music, um, her kind of evolution to the musician she is today. Uh, you're also an author. Um, you released that recently. Um, what made you decide to write an, uh, a biography about yourself? I always wanted to write a book and. Um um, you know, several people have asked me if I you, you should write a book, so I I put it out there in 2016 on New Year's Eve. I put it out to the universe that uh, that we were all going around in a in a in a circle. What are we gonna? What is our New Year's resolution? And at that time, I said I want to write a book. I want to write an autobiography. I said I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but this is that's what I want to do. And um, a couple months later. The Professional Women Network from Kentucky put a, put it out on on um, LinkedIn. So I seen the the call out for for authors th- that they were um, they were um, looking for fem- um, women authors, uh, and they would um, provide a scholarship. So she said, "Email me in the f- next 15 minutes if you're interested." So I emailed her and, and uh, I got ex- I got the scholarship. So um, and then I started writing. I I, uh, I, um, I got the guidelines on how to write the book and and I did it and I finished a month before my de- uh, the deadline. Yeah, I guess it helps that you had been previously writing a lot and you had some experience. I had experience writing. Like I uh, I'm a contributing writer for Palos.com. So, and then I was writing like 3,000 word stories. So, um, my um, publisher said that my, sto- my stories would, my chapters would be 3,000 words. So, I, I knew I could do it because I, 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 dro- I wrote uh, 3,000 word stories. So, I, so that's how uh, I did it and it was, it was hard. Uh, but very rewarding. Mm-hmm. And is each chapter like a short story about your life, or is it like a kind of like a overarching, just like and then this happened, and then this happened? Yeah, it's it's uh, like it begins when my my childhood and then my teenage years and how I got into music and and um, um, I got my sickness that I went through twice and and uh, how I overcame it and. Yeah, it was just um, it was really healing, and it opened like it. it, it uh, um, I feel a lot lighter after I wrote it. Like I wrote a lot of stuff that people didn't, people that I never told anyone, but they know now. <laughs> <laughs> it was really healing for me. Yeah. Has this um. Have you had any like interaction with people saying like how much the story meant to you or, or meant to that person who? who may have read it and really resonated with them? Yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, a um, couple of people that, uh, that have approached me personally or and online said that, uh, you know, they laughed and they cried. And, um, you know, we all, we all had the same experience of uh, intergenerational residential school experience. I talk a lot about that. And, and um, like it, it's the same story right across... Canada, what happened to our people, and, and um, um, uh, like a lot of people aren't even talking about it. Some people don't even know we went through that, and they're they're still hurting inside. So, um, I think it's it's um, helping them realize that we did have a you know a hurtful past. So did our parents. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to read it and just really because it it sounds like a very fascinating story based on what I've like stalked you on the internet I was hearing about your story and your bios and sounds like you've had a very a very um interesting life um so I'm gonna now I'm gonna know everything about you when I read your book (laughs) yeah you will it's all in there (laughs) perfect um so right now uh you are working on a music video for your oh I forgot to practice it Kisagitin. 
uh, which means I love you and create. Um, and you, uh, that was the name of your, your most recent album, right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Um, I recently went to um, the Cody Institute uh, in, in uh, Cody International Institute in, in Antigonish, Nova Scotia for um, uh, Indigenous Women Leadership Program. And uh, before I went there, they, they asked us to think about a project that we, we want to do. So I, uh, the vid what my project is is a video called Inspiring Hope. And, and uh, I already started thinking about it a month before the um, I went to school. And I started reaching out to people in the community that wanted to be involved in the project. And they were already like jumping on board. So the, the video is about um, addressing the high suicide rates in, in northern Manitoba. And they've this, the, this past year, the, the suicide rates have been unusually high. And, and uh, I wanted to make a video to a um, to show that we love them, we love the we love the people, we love our youth, and and to we want them to be around. You know, we uh, want to see the youth become. I would like to hear and see the youth become grandparents, and for them to see their grandchildren, because when um, a suicide occurs in in a community, it's a rippling effect, not only in their community but right across. Indigenous, all, like throughout Manitoba, it, it's a, uh, it's really sad, and it's a, uh, it's becoming an epidemic, and and uh, I just wanted to make a video to, to share and show that we love, we love them, mm -hmm. and that's what the title of my song, you know, Kisagi Tin, I love you. That's beautiful. I'm I'm really looking forward to that music video because of the some of the names that you were mentioning here are going to be featured in it, as well as the message and. Your intentions are just so beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm, I love that you're doing it. Uh, when do you plan on releasing the video? We're hoping to release the video on uh, February 1st. Uh, some of the things that we, we that are also included in the video is that I got m messages, like real positive, loving messages from the youth uh, that that were uh, that we compiled and. Um, we we got um, some indigenous VIP and and uh, celebrities to hold up the signs while my music is playing in the video and and they're really powerful positive messages um, because like I said uh, the um, the in the intention of the video is love mm -hmm. yeah that we love you mm -hmm. I love you. Mm -hmm. With all, with everything that you've done, and you've done so much, so many wonderful things, what would you say is your proudest accomplishment um, as a musician? My proudest accomplishment? Um. <laughs> Which one? I have to think about that. <laughs> um, singing at Carnegie Hall with the Flint Flan Community Choir, that was the highlight of my singing uh, career. City. That's amazing. I can't even imagine being able to play in Carnegie Hall. I've, like I had a ton of, not a ton, but like a couple of musician friends in school who, like that was their their dream. I I would never like. That's amazing. How did that How did that happen? Um, the the Flintflon Choir has always been very welcoming to me, and uh, the uh, shout out to Crystal Colt Colt and uh, Flintflon. She's the one that's been very um, welcoming to me and always inviting me to be part of the choir. And, and singing in a choir is, is probably one of my favorite things to do because it's such an amazing feeling when you're, when you're singing with, with um, different, you know, you're singing in a choir, but there's like different sections of, of, of the choir going on around you. And then there's an the orchestra in front of you and, and uh, the maestro like leading us all. And it's just really, a beautiful experience like you just feel um just like we're closer to god when we're singing in a choir and it's just a beautiful heavenly divine experience and i i that's one of my favorite things to do is to sing with the, in a choir and if any other musicians that want to uh you know um 
experience that you know join a choir and you'll understand what i'm what i'm talking about because when i share this experience with other people in the and that sing in a choir they have that same magical feeling it's just one totally wonderful especially when like like a certain chord hits or there's just that one moment having sung in a choir i don't really enjoy i mean i enjoy choir music um but when they have those certain songs it just it just it's so wonderful to revel in that moment um, so with everything that you've done, do you have any current goals or dreams that you would like to one day do as a musician? <laughs> I do. I want to sing O Canada and Cree at, the, at a Winnipeg Jets home game here in Winnipeg. <laughs> so anyone listening who can make that happen, if you want to reach out to Rhonda, you can do that. So I think that would be really, really cool and, and so unique. I think it would be great too because the, the, the government is always talking about reconciliation and I think that would be a great opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club and the city of Winnipeg to be, you know, to work towards reconciliation. Um, I, I'm waiting for that day. That'll be that'll be a wonderful moment. And I'm like, yeah, I know we talked about that like a year ago or whatever. No big deal. We knew that was going to happen. So I'm excited for you. And based on the stories you've told, like you when you put your mind to something, you clearly go for it. And I can definitely see this in your in the foreseeable future that that's something that you can accomplish. Um, one important thing I wanted to talk about, especially as we come to a close to the um, interview, you had said, especially at the beginning of your singing career, that you had like a low confidence and you you didn't apply for this Toronto Opera um, or audition. And now you you're very confident and you're very established and you're and you've done so many wonderful things. How how did you build yourself up to? to believe in yourself, believe in your, in your culture and, you, and, and to sing it in your, in your language. Um, how did you, how did you tra transition to this, to this who I'm, I'm sitting in front of today? Yeah. Um, just um, continuing to sing in public, you know, tried, I tried to get as many gigs as I could because the more you perform, the more confidence you gain. And then, and then I started getting, um, standing ovations and those were the that's like the best ultimate compliment uh, a musician can get and 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 uh, when I got my first standing ovation you know it made me cry I'm like wow I, I moved these people to their feet and it made me feel really really good as, as, a, as a as a musician and you know I know we I know what musicians strive to be their best and 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 that's the ultimate compliment is when you get a standing ovation and and uh you know i was getting more of them and that gave me a lot of confidence to to perform and and uh to be able to share my voice and sing in the cree language and, and um also continuing to take voice lesson and learning to different technique and going to um uh, different workshop voice workshops and breathing exercises like just a lot of practicing and and uh, you know, uh, sharing also with other musicians like um, here in Winnipeg and in Manitoba, like we have a great musician a community of musicians that we're always sharing. Like we're there's not a big competition, but we're always supporting each other. And I think that that's a big um, that helped me a lot in my confidence because there was um, um, the other musicians were just supportive. And it's a real, it's really great that we have that in Manitoba. Because when I travel through to um, other different areas and territories, they don't have that what we have here in in Manitoba. And it's really special that we we uh, that we have that here in Manitoba. And it's great. And then, and I think that musicians um, everywhere should be supporting each other. Like we should, we need to support each other. And and. Uh, encourage each other because we're, we're uh, we know we're only in competition with ourselves not not with other musicians like we need to then we need to support that yeah and for any um musicians who are listening here um who may be just starting out maybe who are indigenous um do you have any advice for them or any um words of encouragement or any kind of anything that you learned along the way that you think any starting musician should know follow your heart um follow the, the music that you love you know the, uh, the majority of our musicians are all country but there's also jazz and myself classical um, hip-hop you know follow what you love to perform 
don't follow ma- someone because it's mainstream or because everyone else is doing it and you're following you want you you know you're following following them but you know just do what you you love to do and 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 when you do that it comes out like um you you'll sing it passionately and you can feel it when a, when a singer sings with passion when they love what they what they um like to perform and you know do what i did take take workshops and study the voice study your voice take lessons and and take learn tech new technique because when i when i give that advice it doesn't mean you have a horrible voice or a bad voice when you when you take lessons and and learn new technique you're you're improving your your craft and and uh you'll make your voice sound better and 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 uh you'll do it correctly you know, and that's that's how you'll save your voice and you'll be able to sing for many many years and you don't know what you don't know so taking a lesson or two and realizing what's out there and you maybe you'll learn things that that aren't for you and it's th- i think that's i think that's really great advice just to broaden your horizons be open-minded with maybe all genres maybe you're maybe you're going to find a, a genre that you didn't know that you liked yeah, that's right. Just follow your heart, and uh, you know, listen to all different kinds of music, and just get really involved in the music community. Community, talk to talk to other um, musicians. Like if you're a drummer or if you're a guitar player, you know, go talk to them and ask them how they got to that level of, of playing. And you know, it uh, the music community is really open and and. Uh, always willing to share and I, I know that for a fact in Manitoba that's how the musicians are here yeah. yep. and 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 uh, you know when there's a music gathering or, or like the indigenous music awards and all these musician musicians come in from all over the United States and Canada there's just a great great energy in the air that like that artistic energy is so is so um, like addicting and and it's beautiful and and uh, it's, it's just great yeah, great energy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I um, I really enjoyed talking to you. And even before we started recording, we were, t- were chatting over some food, and I, I really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, is there any uh, – or where can people li- find you online and support you and listen to your music? Okay, I'm, I'm on Spotify. I'm also on iTunes and CD Baby and Amazon. I also have my uh, a website uh, com. I'm on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook as well. And and you are very active, so people who are listening, if you want to follow you, you will always be um, entertained <laughs> by Rhonda. <laughs> and for those who are listening on the podcast, I do have links to all of those um, social medias on the podcast post where you can find it um, for your easy access. Um, so again, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, we're going to listen to Kishakitan. Kishakitan. I'm so sorry. I have to learn. I don't know Cree. Uh, maybe one day. Uh, we're going to listen to from from your from the album of that same title. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to plug or add before we go? Um, no, just follow your heart. If you're if you're uh, fo- if you love music, just go for it and. Uh, do your best and um, play pa- play with passion. Thank you. Um, so everyone, thanks so much for listening to the first episode of the Winnipeg Music Project of 2019. Uh, with much more to come, I'm very excited for this year. Stay tuned with the Winnipeg Music Project by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also checking out our website. We have a new store, which you can check out for uh, T-shirts, buttons, and stickers. Very exciting. Uh, we also have some uh, meetup events coming up very soon, so do stay tuned for that. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This was Rhonda Head, classical um, musician and uh, wonderful author in person. And uh, tune in next week for another interview with a local music maker. Be my dear,
Be my.